0: Welcome to the Adoption Connection Podcast, where we offer resources to equip you and stories to inspire you on your adoption journey. I'm Lisa Qualls. And this is Melissa Corkum. Don't worry,
1: we get it and we're here for you.
0: Hey friends, welcome to episode 200 of the Adoption Connection Podcast. We are <laughs> surprised and proud of ourselves to find that we're at episode 200 It uh, it's really a delightful day for us. And just to celebrate, we invited four members of our community and people that we have worked with to just share to share how they've been impacted by our work here at the Adoption Connection.
1: John, we'll let you get started. Do you want to just give us a brief introduction to your family?
2: Yeah, so my wife and I, we have two daughters. Our oldest is 13. We adopted her. Her through a kinship adoption when she was three and a half and our youngest is four and a half and she's our bio kid
1: awesome thanks uh let's see our next guest is Brittany.
3: yes so i have three um two of my kiddos are adults and they came to me at 15 and 16 so i have my oldest daughter she's now 21 Um, My middle son is 20, and neither of them still live here under my roof. One lives here in town in her own place, and my middle son is back and forth from college. Um, And then a year ago, I got my third kiddo. He's 16 just last week, um, and he's been with me, like I said, just for about a year. Yeah, and you're
1: representing also all the single moms in our community.
3: (laughs) Yes, yes.
1: all all of our superheroes,
3: (laughs) which uh, was one thing that I loved is that I'm not, I'm not the only single mom. There's lots of single moms.
0: Yes, there definitely are.
4: Hey, Sarah, will you introduce yourself to our listeners? Um, my husband and I have four kids. Um, our oldest are 16 year old twin daughters that came to our family, um, through foster care when they were they were placed with us at 18 months. And then we have a almost 14 year old son and an eight year old daughter that um, came to our family by birth.
5: Awesome. Thanks. And then last, but certainly not least Allison. Um, Yeah, I'm Allison and we have, uh, my husband and I have been married for about 18 years and we have one son who is 10 years old. He was adopted, um, internationally from Uganda. And we have another son who's five years old, who was adopted domestically. We have a a open relationship with his birth mother.
1: Awesome. So I love how many different types of adoptions we have too. we weren't really thinking about that when we brought you all together, but I heard some foster care, um, like some of them just like guardianship and started informally kinship and, uh, international and so all the things.
0: Yeah, it's really wonderful. We exist. Melissa and I created the Adoption Connection really to serve parents in their post-adoption experience, like after your kids come home, and that's really our passion. And so we would just love to hear from each of you about what led you to seek support from us here at the Adoption Connection. John, would you like to start us?
2: I, I mentioned that we adopted a daughter through a kinship adoption. And so like, we already had a relationship with her and I think we had some, you know, grand ideas about kind of how wonderful it was all going to be. And it, you know, it's been wonderful and in, in a lot of ways, but it's also, it's just has been really, really hard. There was a period of time where it was just like, why? Like, I feel like I hit my head against a wall with, with some of it. And And we started uh, hearing about blocked care and my wife mentioned to me about uh, a blocked care uh, workshop that was being done for dads specifically and suggested I go check that out. So I went and checked that out and it was, it was great. And there were a lot of like light bulb moments and it was just nice to, you know, hear other people who were saying kind of the same things I I was experiencing, they were experiencing. And then so the dad's group started right out of that. And so I just jumped right into the dad's group and have been pretty active in that um since since it got started.
1: John's an OG in the dad's group. <laughs>
2: That's right. Yeah. All the way to the
1: beginning. Um so So John, since we're on the dad's group, which is for those of you who don't know what the dad's group is, it's a specific gathering that happens inside our support community called the village. What has been the most valuable part of that for you, John? And then kind of like, why do you stick around? Because that's been, I think a solid year now, since we launched that group. Um, I think you've seen some dads come and go, but you're, you're at the very beginning and you're still an active part now. So what, what does it mean to you to be part of that group?
2: It's so nice to have a place where like w- just with other dads who understand, who get it, and who are willing to be vulnerable with the things that they're going through and rarely tell me I'm crazy, you know that's only been a time or two. you know, there's just things that we all, and it's just kind of universally in that group, people are, man, you know it's nice to be able to just say what i think and and what i'm experiencing and see you know heads nodding and you know just people and greg always like you're a good dad you're you're good your kid needs this you know but you're you're learning there's tools here um to be able to kind of you know learn how to how to meet those needs that are uh kind of extra challenging kids have so just just having that place where, where people you a know, place to be understood.
0: John, you mentioned Greg and he has just become such a valuable part of our team here at the Adoption Connection because when it was just me and Melissa, we realized we were lacking something really important. And that was someone who was an adopted dad who had walked this challenging road And could really specifically support dads. So Greg is just a gift to all of us. And I know he is to all of you dads as well.
1: Yeah. So it's really a dad's group. Like there are, like Lisa and I don't lead that. It's led by a dad. It's
0: only dads. So yeah, we stay out of it.
2: (laughs) Well, and Greg does such a good job. And it has, uh, you know, bled out to everybody else in the group that sometimes it feels like my challenges aren't nearly as big. As some, like, objectively, other people have far more challenging kids than I do. But I still am, my challenges are still, like, respected. You know, it's not, I never feel like I shouldn't speak up about the things that are hard for me because they feel like they aren't as big for for Greg or some of the other um, guys in there. And they'll talk about, yeah, and I went to this conference Or I heard this other thing and I felt the same way. You know, like there's always, there's such a a spectrum to (laughs) the number of challenges, the types of challenges, but they're all challenges and they all kind of present with similar problems for us. And so it, it just is a very welcoming feeling.
0: Yeah. We're definitely not in a contest to have the most painful, challenging circumstances because any amount of struggle in our own families it's just, it's painful and it's hard and we want something better than that. So I appreciate you mentioning that because we have a range of experiences within our community and we're just so glad to have everybody. Brittany, how about you? What led you to the Adoption Connection?
3: So I think that I first maybe heard the podcast, um, but then I had gotten really interested in the Enneagram. And so I don't even know if you guys remember, but way back, uh, before my third kiddo joined us, I had just popped in for a couple of the Enneagram, maybe small group kind of things. But my older two children were launched and things were really smooth and kind of thought I was done. Uh, although I've since learned you never are done parenting, <laughs> even adult children, uh, you're still parenting.
0: I witnessed that I can be a witness to that.
3: <laughs> yes. Um, so I had kind of drifted away. And then with the addition to our family just changed, changed things. And we were in a difficult season and I was just realizing myself that I needed something. I wasn't even really sure what it was. I mean, I knew I needed Jesus, but other than that, I didn't know what other tangible things I could get my hands on. And I think in talking with my therapist, one of the things that she talked about was kind of a support group. And I have wonderful parents. I have wonderful church family. I have wonderful friends who would, my sister, you know, they would listen and they would um, hear me and they would feel all the things and they did the very best they could to support me and they still support me, but they're not walking the same journey. It, it was helpful and it was great, but I just needed something else. And so that's, at some point I had gotten back to where I was following uh, the village things, and then I saw the Hope Circle, which was just for moms. It was online um, all different times, uh, so that got to just be kind of my hour of the week, and there's been so many times where I just, you know, I log on, and I just think, like, <laughs> my home is just kind of wild and crazy and out of control, and then I hear people share their stories, and it's just like, oh we're we're kind of normal after all. And so just, you know, having other moms to share their hearts, uh, that has been just so life-giving for me.
0: Ah, oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. We, we talk about pretty much everything in that group because a lot of us are, you know, we've got moms with littles, but we've got lots of teens and young adults. And that leads us to some, all, all kinds of interesting conversations, I would say, but that's wonderful. Thank you, Brittany. Sarah, how about you? What led you to seek support at the Adoption Connection?
4: Well, I I was trying to remember how I came across the podcast, but somehow I kind of had given up on parenting and adoption podcasts because I just hadn't really found not not to say anything negative about other (laughs) podcasts, but I just hadn't found one that felt like it I was connecting with it or if it was like really hitting me where I was in my in our family. And I came across the adoption connection podcast and it just felt like, yes. Okay. I feel understood. I feel like, oh, maybe I haven't tried everything. Maybe there are still like different things to try, um, as well as somewhat of a perspective shift. I think maybe on a podcast, I heard about the regulation rescue. Maybe I was looking on the website. I can't remember how I found it, but okay. To focus on the question of what led me to seek support is, I mean, just parenting. Like I had, I still have two, you know, adopted teen daughters. I'm pretty sure that like twin teenage daughters minus adoption would probably still be really challenging but then to add in <clears throat> you know the early childhood trauma and and the um still trying to build attachment and connection has i was feeling like i was failing every day um i think part of that is being an enneagram 1 always wanting to find like the right thing and the best way and there has to be like the good way to do this so Yeah. I think a sense of, I am not doing this right. I am failing, you know, listening to the podcast feeling like, okay, I think this is actually a different, a new thing that I haven't found or tried. Um, so I did the regulation rescue and that was so helpful. And I wouldn't even say necessarily that we've had like major behavior shifts because of it, but it has made, it has changed my focus, um, to connection and to like, what is the need behind the behavior? And yeah, that feeling of constantly failing is, I mean, it's still there a little bit, but I don't know if I'm ever going to lose that, but I feel more equipped for sure. And I feel like, um, I have more of a focus and a goal. Um, it, it's, that's less vague than like being a good parent.
0: <laughs> Sarah, you mentioned the regulation rescue, and I wonder if you could take a minute and just explain for our listeners what it is and what's been helpful to you with it.
4: So the regulation rescue had, it was, I guess, a course, Um, there was some online, um, like live classes, meetings, webinars, I don't know what the right word would be. But um, and then there was homework to do in between each one. Just a lot of it was focused on like, really just paying attention to like, what is happening in my house and how these these things that we're talking about and learning about in the regulation rescue classes, how do I see them and how can I, um, shift things in the way that we're parenting in the household environment, all of those types of things. Um, there was also along with that was SSP, the safe and sound protocol, which is a listening protocol. And, um, that was really really helpful. I feel like I only completed it. I completed it and I completed it with one of my children. I still hope to complete it with the other three. I I think it really helped create a little more capacity in myself for um the chaos of four kids. And, um, and then the daughter that I did it with, it definitely created more capacity in her to just be downstairs when like everyone else is downstairs where the before that was just too overwhelming. Um, and it still is overwhelming, but she can handle it for a little while now. And then there was also, um, a Voxer group where we could ask each other questions in between, um, in between the meetings and, um, kind of check in, Melissa would hop in there and answer questions, um, and just provide support to each other throughout the, throughout the process. Was it, I think it's eight weeks now. I don't know. You'll have Yeah. To.
1: It, yeah. We call it 60 days, but it's basically two, yeah, like two months. And then the folks who, complete the regulation rescue or who participate, have an opportunity to stick around in a Voxer group uh, that we call affectionately call the alumni group. Again, there's, there's kind of a narrow pathway to that group, but Sarah, do you want to talk a little bit about being in that group? Cause you're pretty active. I would say you're one of our like foundational members in that group.
4: Yeah. The alumni group is like my lifeline. I talk about it constantly all the time. Um, I don't share personal stories that other people share on there, but um, the alumni group is people who have gone through regulation rescue. And it's just, it's like an ongoing, I guess, support group um, where we can hop on there and share um, a challenge that we're having like a behavioral challenge or just our own, you know, some sort of shift we know we need to make, but we can't quite get there. And people, um, everyone understands there's always somebody who's like, oh yes, I can completely relate to that. Um, Even if it's not the same behavioral situation or whatever, um, all the people on the group, I think it's all moms at this point, but anyway, they all, Understanding and come in with um, ideas, fresh perspectives, or even just sometimes I'll hop on there and be like, oh, my gosh, I just have to vent. I just need like to talk about what just happened. And there's so much empathy and compassion and understanding that, like Brittany was saying, I have a great community and wonderful people in my life, but it's different when it's people who are walking the same Road and they really understand. So I can't say enough wonderful things about the alumni group. It is worth every dollar. In my head, I always break things down into like how many I compare it to therapy. So this is like a third of one therapy session a month. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. For those of you listening who've never heard of Voxer and don't know what it is, it's really a very simple app we use on our phones and Like for this alumni group, it's a private group and Voxer is just voice messaging back and forth. So it happens live, you know, you get notifications on your phone, you can listen and respond as you're able or not. Or So it's just a way of interacting that's super simple, super fast. So that's what Voxer is. And then Melissa, do you want to explain a little bit more about what the safe and sound protocol is for people who've never heard of it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so we'll, we'll link to some episodes in the show notes because we could make an entire episode out of that. But basically you've heard us probably talk about felt safety, which is kind of a subconscious sense that we have in our bodies that we don't get to make a decision about. And without felt safety, it's really hard to, you know, have healthy attachment, let other people co-regulate Um, it's hard to access that upstairs thinking brain. And so the safe and sound protocol is a listening protocol and it just helps to reset the nervous system to have a larger capacity, like Sarah was saying for felt safety. And so, um, you know, I've been working with families for almost a decade and I, I would get families that had read every book and been to every conference and knew everything. And they, they really were doing it all as right as we possibly can as human beings. And, and some of them were doing it more, you know, like more right than any human being should even have to do. And they were still just really feeling stuck. So I feel like safe and sound kind of helps bring some traction to that because, you know, all the things that we can do to provide a sense of self felt safety for our kids are kind of, I call it like drops in a really In a bucket, a really big bucket with a lot of holes. And so it doesn't matter how good you are at putting those little drops in. It's just, it's a long, long road. And especially if we're struggling with something like blocked care, you know, or struggling to stay in the game, SSP kind of like gives us the ability to like pour cupfuls into the bucket, I feel like. So um, we, so I'm an SSP practitioner and we do the SSP inside the regulation rescue that Sarah was talking about. That's kind of our our wraparound intensive support program for families who really feel like they're in a, in a tricky place.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Allison, how about you? What led you to seek support here at the Adoption Connection?
5: Well, uh, one thing about our family is that we are a military family. Um, and so we have moved around a lot. Um, that being said, we don't have a way to, um, build up long-standing community. We have no, um, we move every couple of years. And so we have to start over from ground zero. We have no friends. We don't know anybody in the area. We don't know the local resources or, or support groups or doctors or dentists or grocery stores. We just have to start over. It's It can be really lonely, can be really isolating because you do feel like you're the only one that you know of going through some of the same, some of these difficult things. Um, and you don't know where to turn because you don't know if people are gonna understand. Uh, we often, we haven't lived close to family um, <laughs> years. So it's, we don't have a grandma to call or an aunt or a friend or anybody to come over and help. So um, I really needed that extra um, support and i had heard about i had been listening to the podcast um well i had read lisa's blog way back in the day and then i and then i listened to the podcast and got support through that by listening each week and getting information and really seeking to understand more but moving in itself is triggering for kids and they were not very regulated so Once we got here, I think we started to see a lot more intense behaviors and we got to the point where I wasn't sure how we were going to do for a lot of the school breaks where they would be home. And, you know, we were dealing with safety issues as well. So I contacted Melissa and I said, can I do the safe and sound protocol? Just me by myself. I don't care. I want to start now and I don't want to wait for a group. And, uh, and she did let me start it. So that was really great because then I could do, she does individual coaching. So you get to meet one-on-one and um, ask questions about behavior with your kid. And then I get opened up to this world of this alumni group that has been amazing afterwards. <laughs> the other thing I would say is I was, I've, I'm in a lot of Facebook groups. But when you start getting from a big group into a smaller group, like the Village or the Hope Circle, people understand so much more and then they're more willing to share their lives and their experience and their situations that uh, it doesn't seem as scary. I'm an Enneagram six, so I can be more (laughs) prone towards anxiety or scared to kind of even go out there and put myself out there. Even in the alumni group, that is on the Voxer app, The being able to hear the voices of other moms who are going through the exact same thing that I'm going through has been so valuable because it's so validating. It's, it's like opening your eyes to seeing that you're not alone. You're not the only person. And you've, it, it makes me feel safer to want to reach out and ask for help. Because I know that it's okay to have these feelings. It's okay to be have these issues with kids at home, and it's okay that um, there are people out there that aren't going to judge you, <laughs> or constantly look at you like you just need to fix your parenting. You're a bad mom or a bad dad. So <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm I'm thankful that um, the adoption connection exists to kind of encourage those of us who needed that extra encouragement especially when you don't have that community around you.
0: Oh, thank you Allison that's really 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 helpful. So I know you've all mentioned different things that have been valuable to you but I want to go ahead and revisit this question about what is the most valuable part and why do you stay? John do you feel like you can add some more to that?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh the the dance group mostly is a a zoom call we do basically every other week and sometimes we have double digit guys in there i mean there there's a larger group of course that's kind of part of it but each week we'll have you know five eight uh, guys in there which is kind of nice when it's small because again you you can feel more uh willing to to talk and usually what that looks like is uh, Greg us, okay, like what's working and what's challenging, and we will just each kind of go around and and share a little bit, and try not to dominate the air, which I have a hard time with sometimes. But uh, then Greg often has something prepared that he wants to to share with us. The poor guy often does not get an opportunity to talk about it because we all have have a lot to to talk about but it always just comes up with with really good discussion so that's really nice and then we just have a a text thread that um in between calls we we talk on there and we actually i just thought of a story a minute ago where there was one of the guys texted about this kind of Disaster that was happening in his car. And like, he had to, I think, stop alongside the road because the kid was unbuckling from the car seat and all this. And I was actively in my car trying to get my little one to like get into the car seat and stuff. And I'm like, dude, I like, I get, I'm not driving down the road, but I get the like, you know, car seat problems. And another guy jumped, there were three of us all at the same time, all dealing with <laughs> difficult kids in uh, car seats. and And it was a nice, you know, way to just uh, feel, you know, feel that connection um, right there. You know, the, we don't, we're not doing like a boxer thing. We we talked about something like that, but just the the text thread has worked out pretty well for us to be able to stay connected in between those Zoom calls.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty special thing for dads to be able to connect on that level. I don't think it comes naturally to a lot of men, but by having this really safe space is just brings everybody together in such a beautiful way. And I feel like Greg is just dripping with wisdom. I mean, he is a wise, kind, wonderful dad and has so much to share. So yeah, that's great. I really appreciate that. And Brittany, how about with the Hope Circle? Tell us a little more about that.
3: So there's a couple components of the Hope Circle. We do our uh, once a week Zoom calls, and those are usually about an hour. And we just give updates. Um, I love that they kind of fluctuate in day and time. So it's like if you can't make it for one week, there's probably some time in the month that will work for your schedule. Um, but we just check in. Uh, then there's a Facebook group, for that as well so just a smaller um hope circle facebook group and so we do friday check-ins where we'll um you can comment with your high and your low and then prayer of the week so that's just a great way to kind of keep up with everybody and and once again kind of just be reminded that we're all in it together um and then also as things come up so uh special special things or special needs or really hard circumstances. Um, I know for me, I had a, a question. Sometimes you just need somebody in the same space to say, like, everybody else would say what you're doing is probably crazy, but it's okay. Your, your decision, you're on the right track. And so just to post a question to the group, here's what's going on. How would you guys handle it? Um And so that's really helpful. And I think I can find a lot of people who will tell me, like, oh, you're doing, you know, you're doing such a great job or yes, it's really hard or, you know, if I'm describing something that goes on, you know, I cannot believe that they would do that or I don't know how you, I don't know how. And, and that's not really what I need to hear. I need people to help me reframe. Um, I need somebody to say like, yes, I know it's hard, but why might that be how, the, how the behavior presented? What might actually be going on? And so, One of the most valuable things to the Hope Circle has just been helping me shift my perspective towards being curious and trying to understand that underlying what I'm seeing. You know, there's so much more underneath what I'm what I'm actually seeing.
0: Yeah, I would add too that there are there's a ton of wisdom in that group. I mean, we've got a lot of older moms who've parented for decades a lot of people who are super knowledgeable. So, you know, someone will come in with a question about FASD and we've got people who really, really know about FASD who will answer, or someone will come in with a question about addiction or autism or just like I'm losing my mind. What should I do? And I absolutely love the community of support and the wisdom of the the moms in that group. It's not, it's not just, Melissa and me as the experts. I mean, there's just a ton of great support there.
3: Yes. Yes, for sure.
0: So Sarah, do you have anything to add around
4: what's been helpful? Um, I would just add with the, <clears throat> with the alumni group. Well, with it, I guess it started in regulation rescue is that one of the very first, I think the first assignment was points of joy. So I also did the blocked care class and I think it was the first time in that class too, but, um, to make a list of 50 points of joy, just it could be really small and specific things that, um, just give you a little boost of joy or happiness. Um, that to me was so helpful because you hear constantly, Like, oh, you've got to like practice self-care and you need to, and a lot of times people will say like self-care doesn't have to be a massage every week or whatever, but there's never been like some real practical, like, oh, here's what you actually can do. And the points of joy has been so helpful because it's not like, it's not like you do this exact thing. This is how you practice self-care, but it makes, it gave me, a way to think through. These are ways I can bring a little bit of extra joy into my life. Drinking my morning cup of coffee, if I sit outside, gets me three points because I like the feeling of the cup in my hand. I like the the act of drinking the coffee and sitting outside in the morning sun when it's sunny in the morning. And I always drink my coffee every morning, but when I remember to be mindful of it, it does actually really help throughout the day to, to go through the day, focused on points of joy this morning and yesterday. Well, last night I was thinking, gosh, I've been so irritable the last few days. And I was like, oh, okay, tomorrow I'm going to make sure I get in like some extra points of joy. That's been really, really helpful. For me, it's such a simple thing, but, and in the alumni group, every Wednesday, we share Wednesday wins, you know, that's been, that's been really life-giving, even if I can't think of something to hear other people um, that can share wins that they've had throughout the week. And it also has helped me. Try to like reframe some situation into a win, like, oh, actually, I realized I needed more points of joy that in itself could be a win, so um, I think that reframing of the reframing things into um you know this could be a win or this could be especially I think as a Enneagram one is really helpful, making it really a clear, almost like method of self-care, even though it's going to vary from person to person, but it, it gives a really clear framework. Um, that has helped me tremendously.
0: I love to hear that points of joy has been a big part of my healing journey too. So makes us happy when we hear that.
1: Yeah. We, I mean, we use it, we make everyone do it. Like you said, like we, like the overcoming blocks care groups do it we do it in the regulation rescue, we do it, you know, and all, yeah, all the block care stuff. So
0: I probably need to do it in the hope circle too. There's some, we need to spread the love, spread the joy. You know, we need to bring it to all of our people because it is powerful. And honestly, I learned it from Deborah Gray, who was our therapist. And she talks about it in her first book, attaching and adoption. She called it something different, but I kind of modified it for myself. And then we've developed it further so I'm so happy to hear that
4: I'll just add to that um Melissa and Lisa I've only come to a couple times to the hope circle but you guys being in it and like having some expertise but also not you don't have all the answers like you have not mastered (laughs) all of this and somehow that is just so validating Um, like Allison said, it is you've been doing it for a long time. You're representing all the three parts of the triad and you've done so much research and, and yet you're still in it with us. And so I think, um, and in the Voxer group, Melissa's in there giving ideas and answers, but also like, yes, I am there too. I understand. And um, Lisa, when I've gone to the hope circle um, same thing there. So I think that's, that's really, really been helpful for me to see that like people that to me are the experts are also like, have not totally mastered it. You're still in it.
0: <laughs> you know, I think that is, I, I appreciate you saying that. And I think that is one of our strengths is that we are, we are experts in a sense that we've done a lot of research and a lot of learning. We have a lot of experience, but we are truly walking the road with you so sort of theory meets practice like it's the real deal I mean we both still have teenagers and wow I mean it's intense it's not easy parenting teenagers especially teens who had early adversity and trauma and so yep we're right there with you so I'm, I'm glad you like that and don't see that as a detriment at all <laughs> Allison, was there anything you wanted to add about What's valuable and why you stay
5: in the village and with the adoption connection? One thing that surprised me about being part of the village, being part of uh, the closer net group, was the amount of opportunities that I had access to. And so that's where I see the value of the monthly membership is amazing because. I was thinking actually at first that it was something where there might be a support group meeting maybe once a month, maybe once a quarter. And I, the first week I saw all these opportunities on the calendar and I was like, oh, great. I'm going to make it to every one of them. And then they announced that they're doing the same thing the next week. And I was like, what? Again. (laughs) So I was so pleasantly surprised that I could essentially create a community, a regular community by attending almost, you know, let's go to Hope Circle here. Let's go to Enneagram book group here. Let's go to um, Blocked Care, Question behavioral question and answers, all these opportunities, uh, webinars, um, things that we can do throughout the month. And I don't know how you guys do it, but I am amazed that on top of that, we get to listen to the podcast and ask questions in the group and you're available to, you know, bring answers there. It is it is very valuable. It brings so much more value than I expected for maybe just a monthly get together group. And the other thing I wanted to say was something that I, I really appreciate about this is that it is Christian and there is an emphasis on Christ. And I don't know. Everybody believes the same, but I do know that I appreciate when, at the end of Hope Circle, maybe Lisa will pray for us, and having prayer as part of the group instead of just, well, good luck, guys. I hope you do well. <laughs> it, it it makes a big difference because you know that there's power behind, you know, those prayers. There's power behind uh, these people wanting things to go well for you, and it knits the community together because you're all kind of trying to seek uh, help at the same time. And we're all going to that same source.
1: We've talked so much about the different programs and the different uh, gatherings that folks are enjoying. And so I just wanted to give you a quick rundown and, and lay the land. So the village is our main community and Within the village, we have the dad's only group that John was talking about. We have the hope circle that a couple of the moms have talked about. So those are just like special names for different gatherings that happen Um, within the village. We also do behavior Q and A's. We talk, uh, we have a couple group coaching calls about the Enneagram and how it applies to us as adoptive parents and perhaps our kids as adoptees. And we have ongoing support for overcoming blocked care. So if you're new to the Adoption Connection, the village is the main place of where all the different things are happening. Now, we have two other individual programs that are time-bound. So they're groups with beginnings and ends. And those are groups specifically on overcoming blocked care And then our 60-day intensive for families that are kind of really struggling and or want to take advantage of the safe and sound protocol. So if you're new, we invite you to check out the village. And then from there, if you need additional support, we can kind of point you in the right direction. But the village is the best place to start. We'll give you information at the end about how to join that, or you can check out the show notes. We wanted to end with just some last messages from our friends here. What has been valuable about the village and our other groups, and then also just some special messages for you guys, if you're feeling isolated and alone.
3: So I would just say to parents um, that you're not alone and that it is okay to take care of yourself because sometimes we're so focused on everybody else that um, we forget that. And then, specifically to single moms, uh, it is so encouraging to me that I'm not the only single mom. And so, it, there's several single moms. And so, just to, you know, even though I love the advice from married foster and adoptive moms, it is so wonderful to have another single mom say, you know, this is how I'm doing it by myself. Uh, and so, that is awesome. So, for single moms, any moms, but single moms, especially, I would just say join in um, because there will be a great, great community and great support for you too.
2: One thing I was thinking about with this last question was that maybe you feel isolated and alone because you are. Having a group like this where there, there are people that get it and you can plug into the community to whatever depth you have the time to is is really wonderful
5: I love the tagline that you always use at the end keep saying that it it was very encouraging that's what I needed to hear why don't you go
0: ahead and say it for us Allison
5: yes you're a good parent doing good work and you're going to finish it (laughs) no and that you're there it's it's so nice so validating to hear somebody else say you're a good parent you're doing good work if you're not getting it anywhere else, at least you can hear it from here.
1: We are so thankful for our friends who came and joined us for episode 200. Thank you for all of you who listen every week. If you come back week after week, if you're new here, welcome to our community. We invite you to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app. So the new episodes that drop every week can just automatically show up on your phone or your device if you would like to join these folks and Lisa and me in the village and the rest of our team, you can go to the adoptionconnection.com slash village and use the code podcast to get half off of your first month. We're really excited to meet you. Before you go, we'd love to connect with you on social media. Our new Instagram handle is at post adoption resources. Or better yet, join our free Facebook community at theadoptionconnection.com slash Facebook.
0: Thanks so much for listening. We love having you. And remember, you're a good parent doing good work. The music for the
4: podcast is called New Day and was created by Lee Rosevear.